Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of XYZ. XYZ Reflections from Early Childhood Education Professionals is brought to you by the Delaware Institute for Excellence in Early Childhood. Hi, friends. We're so excited for you to listen to this brand new episode. Next month, we'll wrap up season one. Be sure to listen on May 26th to our last episode for the season. Today, we have Tina Thomas joining us. Tina left her corporate position after 12 years to start her own family childcare business as a result of her love for children. She owned and operated Little Comforts Childcare for 11 years before she decided to take a position with the Institute supporting family childcare providers through her new role. We're so excited to talk to her today. Hey friends, we're so excited to have Tina Thomas with us today. Tina joins us as a former child care provider for Delaware. Tina left her corporate position 12 years ago to start her own family child care business, and she owned and operated Little Comforts Child Care for 11 years before she decided to take a position with us here at the Institute. So we're excited to have her here to chat with us today. How are you, Tina? I'm good, thank you. So, Tina, we, again, like Irene just said, we're so excited that we get to sit down with you, and this is our first ever in person. Obviously, those listening can't see, but we're all physically in the same space, which is something Irene and I have yet to do, so this is very exciting. And so, we like to start off with some fun questions, Tina. So, the first one is, what emoji describes you and why? I think the emoji that describes me is the smiley face, the one with the smiley face, because I am always smiling. I don't know why. Even some people say, like, what are you smiling at? But <laughs> it's just me. And that's that would be the best emoji, see, the, I mean, emoji that fits me. <laughs> I love that. What would yours be, Irene? Oh, my gosh. Is there, like, <laughs> emoji that's a hot mess? Because that would probably be me. <laughs> I don't know what mine would be. I wish I could say that mine would be this smiley one. Mine's probably, I don't even know. You're the organized emoji. I'm giving you an organized one. The one with the glasses. The pen and the paper. Yes. The the braces and the glasses. (laughs) That's funny. And then what would you say your favorite season is and why is it your favorite? My favorite season is the fall Mm -hmm. because I just like the change of the weather and Mm -hmm. then if it's a little too cool, you know, by when you can start to layer. And then if it's a little cool, you can take off some things. And if not, you can be very comfortable. But I like the start of the jackets, the small jackets and, you know, jeans. So fall. (laughs) Me too. I'm with you. And I got married in the fall. And you are, well, you're getting married. In the fall of 2023, October 7th. And That's I'm having perfect. Yeah, I'm going to have a destination wedding in Jamaica. Oh my gosh! So, very exciting. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> Is it a big wedding, small wedding? Or are you still kind of figuring it out? Well, supposed to be small. Mm-hmm. Supposed to have a party of like maybe thirty, but I've probably invited sixty-five people. So just waiting on the responses. You know, you mm-hmm. invite more, you hope to get half. So mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. 33%, I think, is the... I don't know why I remember that, but I I invited 170 and I had like 130 or something like that, whatever percentage that is. But for some reason, 33 is in my head. (laughs) (laughs) So I introduced you a little bit, but can you tell us a little bit more about yourself in detail? So, you know, what 
brought you to, you know, leave your job in the corporate world to become a child care provider. So tell us some about that. Okay. Well, I first worked, actually, before I went into the corporate world, I worked at St. Francis Hospital. I was a food service clerk. Well, basically doing menus for the patients and then working on the food service line. And I did that for six and a half years. After I did that for six and a half years, I decided that I wanted to do something different. I went to school and I did medical billing and claims processing. So when I finished that, I started working in the corporate world. I went to AIG and I worked for 12 years. And then after 12 years at AIG, within the last two years, I decided that I wanted to open up my own daycare. Mm -hmm. So I was a single mom at the time of one daughter, and um, I decided to open up a daycare. And within that last year of me, I had started filling out the paperwork and things. It takes like a period of time. You go apply, you have your orientation. You got like six months, get your paperwork together. Within that, I found out, for one, I was pregnant (laughs) with the second child after of like 17 years. Oh, surprise. Yes, surprise. (laughs) I was pregnant. I had also got notified that I was going to be laid off from the job come that July, but it was okay because I had already started the process of opening up my own daycare. So, you know, God closed the door of the corporate world. And at that time I got my license and opened up the door for daycare. Wow. And that's how I became a childcare provider. So had you had any interactions with children prior to, like what prompted you to say, Hey, I'm going to open a daycare or was it mostly because you had your kids and you're like, Oh, this might be a good avenue for me to explore? Well, by me being like the single mom, Mm -hmm. you know, with my first daughter, my house was always the house that Mm -hmm. kids came to. Like kids would come and like my best friend's kids and my daughter's friends, they would come and sometimes they'd come on Friday and they might not leave till Sunday. But I was okay with that because I knew where they were. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just their parent would maybe call and check in, but Mm -hmm. that's basically my house was the house where all the kids were. And I love kids like because I was a single mom, I would always, you know, you have to have company for your child. So I would grab a couple of kids. We'd go skating. We'd go, you know, to the park. I always had a bunch of kids. So it's just a love of mine. You know what I mean? I love children. So that's the reason that, oh, okay, I'll do daycare. And I don't even know if I put the two and two together and all kids love me. I literally could be out and truly complete stranger and her baby's like looking at me like hey like you know like you That's can take you me. have the smiley emoji face yeah probably exactly. <laughs> you're exactly right so yeah and I've just always loved kids so that's what made me like okay and it was the thing for me I did it for 11 years so you're in it for 11 years and then what happened yes things have changed I'm still love children mm-hmm. but I really had a heart and Not had a heart. I still have a heart. But, you know, honestly, during the years and like COVID happened and it seems like when when COVID happened, things changed within not just childcare. It changed within everything. Mm -hmm. So there was so many modifications that you kind of became stagnant in all the things that we could do. And, you know, I kind of just start to honestly just lose a little bit of my love for it. And then when I felt like my heart is leaving, I'm like, I can't do this. You know what I mean? Because I didn't want to continue. I could literally still be family child care provider, but I didn't want to do it and be like a babysitter. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I want to continue to put everything that I had into the kids for them to learn and grow. But I felt like my heart was leaving. And if my heart was leaving, then I needed to go. It was time for change. So, But I'm really glad that I made the change because I'm still in family child care. I mean, you know, I'm a network, I'm a program coordinator, but 
Um, my focus is family child care. And by me being in the business for so long, I feel like I'm a voice. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know what I mean? I can weigh in on like, yeah, I think that's going to work. Or, mm, I just don't see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not that my word is the final word, but it does hold a little weight. So do you have a hard time sometimes separating from being a provider to now you're on the other side, you know, you're still with providers, but you're providing to them services that will help them. I have a very hard time, actually. (laughs) I mean, honestly, in every meeting probably that we've had, even up until recently, I always got on my provider hat first, (laughs) even though now I'm a program coordinator. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm like... Every meeting, I'm like, no, but we, and then I'm like, wait, wait, I got to change my hat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But just coming from the provider's point of view, like, that's how I still think this is a really good move for me. And I think it's really going to be good for the providers too, because we can all relate. You know what I mean? I can relate to them. Some things they say, like, if you haven't, like they say, boots on the ground, you're not doing it. You may not understand, but because I've done it and I've done it for so long, I think I have just a little bit understanding on what, you know, mm-hmm. what they're doing or what we may need to help with or, you know, what supports they could need. So, no, that definitely makes sense to me. And especially because you all, like you said, you're still so coming off of it. So mm-hmm. fresh, not only that, but you did it for so long and you're so well connected to so many family child care providers who are still in the field doing it. And I like what you said about the program coordinator hat versus the provider hat. And I'm sure that probably, like you said, it was not an easy switch to make. But I think it's really important that that provider voice is still in you, like you said, because you can be an influence and an advocate for everyone who's still doing it every day. And is there something that you, when you came into your current role with the Family Child Care Networks, is there something that you kind of had in your mind that, you know, as I'm moving into this position, I really want to like kind of make my mission something that, you know, I want to kind of like bring to the like speak up for the people who are still doing it that I wish I had like support that I wish I had had when I was still doing it. Like what is there something that you would like to really make happen that you wish someone had kind of had voice wise influence wise when you were still on the provider end of things? I mean, I think just honestly a understanding of because I can tell you during COVID and, you know, going through the COVID and with all the changes that we've had to do. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm working on the network, you know, I'm on the IEEC side, yeah. I kind of see more because I'm going to tell you, to be honest, me and a bunch of other providers, we would be like, they're just trying to put family child care out of business. Mm-hmm. Like that is the thought. Yeah. And I know just sitting here that I am not the only one who probably thought that. But I can honestly say now that I'm on the other side, mm-hmm. I can see with the team that I work with, like the home-based team and the team that is for family child care. Like, seriously, they are really for family child care. There's no thought in my mind now mm-hmm. or any doubt in my mind that they are trying to put family child care out of business because that is not the case. They are really for them. Mm-hmm. And I would like every provider, family child care provider, to understand that because, you know, with all the changes... It seems to be a lot, especially when you have, when you're a family child care provider, it's you most of the time. And, you know, large family, you have maybe you and the staff. 
So with all the changes and all the things that we have to go through, that was a thought. But I'm here to say, and not just because I'm on the other side, I really see that there's a team and they are all working for family child care. Mm-hmm. And I just want to be able to put that understanding out there. Yeah. You're a bridge. You're the bridge between yeah. the two sides now. That's yeah. so important. Yeah. So. And the fact that you're such a big advocate because you've been there, done that. So yeah. you know. You know what they need. You know from experience. Like you said, mm-hmm. boots on the ground. And two, I know we always think, oh, yeah, this is going to be great and not a family child care provider. So, you know, our ideas, right, may not always hit the mark. Mm-hmm. So having you here as that kind of bridge and to help figure out where, you know, where providers are at. And I think, too, they trust you. Right? They, they know you. <laughs> so talk some about like that trust piece. Like, mm-hmm. tell me about that. Like, Well, I mean, of course, I would be a part of like the COPs with our TAs and mm-hmm. things like that. And we built a relationship. You know, you build a relationship. We have, you know, providers. There's some I'm close with and some I'm not close with. But, you know, you kind of, I guess, kind of get known. Some I'm known to and some I'm not. But the trust piece, like, for instance, me being the network program coordinator, there are providers that are in it. And sometimes, when you know, when we first came in, some of them came in basically because of me, just mm-hmm. being honest, because they know me and they trust me. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they're in there and maybe not even having a full understanding of what we're even getting into. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I am the former child care provider yeah. and them knowing me, you know, we have a relationship, you know, even if they know me a little bit or know me a lot, we have that relationship. And because who I am as a former family child care provider, they trust me, so they're willing to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the trust piece, you know. That's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so huge. That's why. I want to bring it back to when you were still a provider yourself and then also now, mm-hmm. the present. So first, when you were still a provider, what was there something, obviously, specifically with family child care, you know better than me mm-hmm. that no two days are the same. But was there something every day that was your favorite part with the kids? Like, was there something that you always looked forward to? And is there something like favorite part of your, maybe not favorite part of your day now? Cause again, very much the same. No two days are the same with what we do here at the Institute, but Is there a favorite part of your role right now? Well, just one favorite part of my role prior, Mm -hmm. like when I was a family child care provider, just basically getting the the kids in. Like my thing is when I opened up family child care, before I got into family child care, I was the mom. I had non-traditional hours. Mm -hmm. Like I would work that 6 to 2.30 when I worked at the hospital. Mm -hmm. So when I first opened up, I wanted to be available for the parent that had to do the non-traditional hours. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that I loved about, you know, I was different in having non-traditional hours. My favorite part of the day, honestly, is having my kids come in. They were coming from six o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock and just they come in, they get their breakfast and that is just like that little time, you know, it's like a little personal time Mm -hmm. and they're they're trickling in from six o'clock through nine o'clock, but them coming in and you know, us having our time, we would have like this circle time. We would go around the table and kind of talk about what we did for the day or, you know, what we did either mm-hmm. that weekend. So that was like my favorite, just like having that relationship with the kids, mm-hmm. you know, that morning time. And that's it. I love that. 
And is there something that has really stood out to you as a favorite or an impactful moment in your current role so far in the time that you've been with DIEC? Well, my current role now, it's, of course, much different. I'm Mm -hmm. not hands-on with any children. I really, like, as I'm, like, going and I hear different things, I miss my kids so much. I really Mm -hmm. do. (laughs) I'll be like, oh, I miss my kids. Just be a bunch of different things. Because I've had generations. I'm, like, third generations I had for children. So, you know, you build relationships with family and things. My current role now, because I don't have family relationships, Mm -hmm. like, with the children, I mean, I don't know what's to say different. I built a relationship with my coworkers, though. I do. Mm-hmm. I love it. Like, I really have an awesome team that I work with, and I really see that they are for family child care. So I think my my favorite part of this now is building my relationship with my team. Like, I really do. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, you know, even though, like you said, two very different roles for various reasons but I think if you can be so skilled and amazing at working with kids and building relationships with kids especially little itty bitty (laughs) tiny human kids like you can you can do it all you can do any age so I feel like that your experience with your program when you still were a provider yourself I feel like that gave you the foundation to really be successful at building the relationships here with your team. And thinking about the two roles, like being a provider and where you are now as a coordinator, that community piece. So how how do you feel, I guess my question is like um, the impact you're making on the community as a provider and or now as a coordinator? Was community a big part of what you did as a provider? Community relationship? Yeah, just going mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Basically, when I was a provider, we were connected to the community in so many ways. You know what I mean? Besides me having resources to give to my parents for the community, like for things that they need. But, you know, me and my children were a part of like the libraries, the museums. We would go out all the time. I mean, I would take my kids probably everywhere. We've been to the zoos, <laughs> the children's museum. Like I said, the libraries. We go everywhere. So... We went everywhere, back in a provider's hat. But yes, <laughs> we went everywhere. They were well-connected. They were exposed to things that, you know, normally you may not expose. Mm-hmm. Some children in our community don't get to go places. Some have probably never been to the Children's Museum. Yeah. But me, you know, as a provider, I would take them there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know some of my parents were like, what is this museum? Like, they had never <laughs> taken their kids. It's like, that's their favorite place. So Miss Tina took us to the museum. I just bought a membership and we would go there maybe once or twice a week, especially in the summertime. Yeah. So, you know, those things, you know, that's just making the children aware of what's in the community. And then by making them aware actually makes their families, you know, mm-hmm. then they're aware now because this is the place my child likes to go. And I even had like a couple of the parents, their dad would take them to the down there and they didn't find it that amazing, but the kids loved it. <laughs> But, you know, it's still community, and they probably would have never gone there if, you know, I didn't expose them to that. Right. So, yeah. And your role as a a coordinator, like, do you, are you connecting providers to community resources? Well, yes. Right now, we, like, just for instance, City of Wilmington, we use the Stubbs School. We have the WCAC, the Wilmington, the Resource Center for providers to go, Mm -hmm. and they can use that, you know, for 
copying files, laminating work, borrowing things. Mm -hmm. So that's a community resource that they can use. And we also, we have our meetings there once a month. And then also here for the Newark area, we have the community of, you know, we have our meetings here mm -hmm. at 501 South College Avenue at UD. So, you know, just another resource and mm -hmm. another place to go. How do the providers feel about that? getting together and having that collaboration. Oh, they love it. I think it's the best thing that we are finally back outside. Like, it is nice to be able to go. Like, that's some of the feedback that I've gotten from the providers and from, you know, I think from Sussex all the way to the city of Wilmington. I think getting out again is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Like, we were wanting to meet once a month, and they're, like, so for it. Like, everybody wants to get outside now, so it's a good thing. Okay. That's good to hear. So kind of going off of just working with the providers currently in the networks and really helping them to build in their own careers and make connections with one another, but also their communities and collaborate. I love that you, I don't think I actually knew that you had the city, the Wilmington networks meet at the resource center, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And if you had to give advice to either current or aspiring family child care professionals or just early child education professionals specifically moving into next year 2023 into that landscape because you know so much is happening and so much is changing what would your advice be it could be a couple different nuggets of advice or maybe one piece that you maybe were given once that you like to pass along what would you say well my advice would be to Build relationship, of course, amongst providers, mm -hmm. if, if you know any. If there are cohorts, I honestly think that if you could and have the time, you should join them. Because when I started out, honestly, the cohort was the best thing for me. I was in a cohort for two years. And honestly, the things that I thought that I was facing and that, you know, I'm a new provider and it's only me. And oh, my God, this is happening to me. But then being able to go to a cohort and you're in there with providers and you're just talking about what's happening and they can relate because they've already kind of been there, done that. You might think it's, oh, this was a me problem. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, honey, this is this is how you handle that. This is what happened, you know. So to have that, because honestly... There probably have been times and I've been like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. But having that cohort to lean on was something that really helped me. And also it's built relationships. When I started out, I started out, what, 2011, probably a year or two in. I, I was in a cohort for two years. I have such a strong relationship with those same ladies. We've built such a bond. Like beyond work mm -hmm. and still in work, you know, as providers, we have such a relationship and I believe it was all built on us starting that cohort together. And we're all at different levels. Like some are still providers, some are not providers. I'm in a new position. Yeah. Some have let, have moved on, you know, but I think building that relationship and just for the new provider, if there are options for cohorts or networks mm -hmm. <laughs> or, you know, other things that you can join just get in, get the information, and don't be afraid to ask questions because there is no dumb question. And if you need the help, ask for it. That's my advice.
I think I hear that a lot from providers. Sometimes you feel like you're in a silo because you are the only one and you think you're the only one going through this. And and I know COVID was devastating for many because that isolated them even more. Mm -hmm. So having those cohorts or even a Zoom person to talk to once in a Mm -hmm. while to be like, hey, I tried this, this didn't work. What are you doing? You know, we can't do face-to-face now. We have to wear Mm -hmm. masks. Like, how's everybody handling this? So I hear that, like just being part of something and having those people, the relationships Mm -hmm. and the collaboration and things to build off of and support. And use your TA also because being your provider, being a provider, you know what I mean? And if you're starting out and you're by yourself, don't be afraid to reach out to your TA. And sometimes if, you know, sometimes... The email might fail through the crack. Don't think they like they're ignoring you. Reach out again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Seriously, because yeah. it happens and you think that you're all alone, but you're not. You know what I mean? Like, And if your TA can help you there, of course, they can definitely point you to the right direction. They may can get you hooked up to that cohort or put you in a group of new providers or someone that can help you elevate, you know? So just use the resources that are given to you. So we don't do it every single interview, but we do like to ask every once in a while what the funniest thing a child said to you. I'm sure they're... Said or did. Said, did. It's a memorable moment. It's probably hard to pick (laughs) just one. Okay, I have a lot of those. There is one that definitely sticks out. So little boy's like five. Was he five, but not in school? So he goes to the bathroom. He comes back down, and he's like in the middle of the like steps. And he reaches over, and he said, Miss Tina. And I said, yes. He said, all clean. And I said, all clean? I'm like, what's all clean? He's like, uh... All clean. And I'm like, what's all clean? He said, uh, I brushed my teeth. <laughs> and I'm like, you brushed your teeth? And I'm like, with what? So I go in the bathroom. He had taken my toothbrush and brushed his teeth. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like all clean. But it was my personal toothbrush because they didn't have toothbrushes in my house at the time. So... That will always stick with me because he was just as happy. He was like, oh, clean. He was so proud. He was so, he was so happy. Well, you're t- you were a family. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I just, if it was that. there, he just said, I'm going to help myself do yeah. it. But I, yeah, after that, I took all toothbrushes out the bathroom. <laughs> I don't keep them in there anymore. <laughs> you know, not when I had kids. But I will forever remember that because oh, he was gosh. so excited. His face was like, oh, clean. <laughs> Showing you his, his pearly whites. Yes. But it was my personal Courtesy toothbrush. of your toothbrush. Yes. So, and I'm wondering how many times did he actually do that. <laughs> but that was my favorite. <laughs> okay, so we're going to end with our why. So why, after all these years, are you still in the field? What keeps you here? Because I love family child care. I love the children. I honestly love my relationships with families also. And me being a network. I mean, a program coordinator, you know what I mean? I just feel like I have input and mm. I can help, you know, mm. I'm not hands-on help, but I can help guide, even if it's just a conversation or a resource that I can send them to or help with. Like, my why is because I love family child care and I love the relationships of families, children, and teen. I love your why. <laughs> you are amazing. Way and I was just gonna say, mm-hmm. we're just so happy to have you here. So I'm so sorry happy. you can't go back. Sorry to all, I'm sorry to all your friends in the field, but 
we need you here. You're doing a great job. But thank you so much for coming in to chat with us. Yes, we thank enjoyed you, our Tina. Conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate you so much, and we know so many providers out there do as yes. well. Yep. Thank you. Thank so you. they're lucky, and we are too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. XYZ. Reflections from Early Childhood Education Professionals is brought to you by the Delaware Institute for Excellence in Early Childhood, College of Education and Human Development at the University of Delaware. Hosted by Irene Ash and Meg Keating. To learn more about the DIEEC and our show, please visit our website www.dieec.udel.edu. That's www.dieec.udel.edu. For additional information and to stay updated, follow us on social media at UDDIEEC on Facebook. Instagram, and Twitter. That's U-D-D-I-E-E-C. Thank you for supporting our podcast. Until next time. <music>